Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness. If you did not even know my name, that's what she is. Um, and every week I sit down for, you know, about 30 minutes or sometimes it's, you know, much longer um, for a brilliant little conversation with an expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. And I didn't mean to just call myself brilliant, but honey, these conversations are gorgeous and it ain't my fault that we know how to chat around here. So this week I'm asking why in the world do we remember bad haircuts more than the good ones? So I'm joined in studio by cognitive neuroscientist, Dr. Caroline Lee. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Vaness. I'm very, very excited for this episode. It's an episode I've been wanting to do for a long time, and you're the perfect guest. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you Dr. Caroline Leaf. Honey, welcome. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, I'm so I'm so glad that you're here. Um, author of many gorgeous books, most recently, Think, Learn, Succeed, Understanding, and Using Your Mind to Thrive at School, the Workplace, and Life. Exactly. Gorgeous. Okay, so here's the thing. Well, actually, before I jump into that, well, really, this is the crux of today's question. So I'll start with that. Then I'm going to go to figuring out what all your titles mean. Then we're <laughs> going to go back to the question. Okay. So, all right. When I, the, the short question is, why do we remember like negative experiences more than positive ones? The reason I say that is because I noticed like pre-Queer Eye, you know, pre-Gay of Thrones for me in my career, like yes, when I was yeah. in the hair or in the salon five days a week all the time. Yes. I could do 10,000 satisfied clients, but then like the one person that was like a little unhappy with like their fringe trim or like, you know, wish whatever the thing yeah, was, yeah. that is the client that I'm taking home with me, losing sleep over, you know, I'm never going to get this right. I, like I'm, you know, just, uh. yeah. um, similarly, I've noticed that, um, also kind of in that vein, like you could, same thing for the clients, like for everyone that you do an incredible haircut on, they may send you one person, but for a person who doesn't have a good experience, they're going to tell 15,000 people that you messed up their hair. So I've noticed that <laughs> like, that's like a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, then the other thing is like, similarly in the last year, you know, my life has changed so much. I have mm-hmm. everything in the world to be so eternally grateful for. Like my life is completely different and it's, and it has been a very exciting, amazing ride. And s- though I have noticed that through this ride, like I used to have like three people blocked on Instagram and now I have like 10,000, like not literally, but yeah. I, I will go through the comments and 90% of them are like overwhelmingly positive and yeah. lovely. And if I'm seeing people, you know, if someone has said something problematic and then a lot of people are kind of coming for them and there's like an issue on my comment thread about whatever Insta drama of the day, I will really find myself coming at people. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, with facts, I mean, a lot, it's not like I'm belligerent cussing. I mean, it's usually like a pretty thoughtful thing, but I'll find myself ruminating over that and going back to check it later. And it's like, I am too busy producing this podcast, trying to be a good hairdresser on queer. I try to deal with the pressure of this world, like trying to be the best me, be the best me I can be to like be wasting my time on like negative comments. So queen, how the fuck am I going to get through this girl? I have just been (laughs) on the struggle bus, honey. She's been taking, I've been having half a cup of haterade every morning. (laughs) I got, you know what I'm saying? I just, yeah. How do I shake off these negative Nancy cobwebs? Oh my gosh, I love this. Well, I have to tell you when when I watch your Insta, when I watch your Insta feed and I read your Instagram, I, you make me laugh, you make me smile, you make me happy. So that's one really good thing is is to immediately try and find something that makes you happy, because as soon as you're happy, you change the way that your brain functions. So your mind is changing your brain, and that's key, Jonathan, to what you've all the things that you've just described now. 
what's really key is the realization that you are not your brain, that you control your brain. So therefore, you can decide what you want to do with that next situation. Because when I say you control your brain, you're actually creating your next reality. So those negative comments and those negative people that are the one out of the 10,000, as you say, that can throw us and grab us is because naturally as humans, we are designed for deep, meaningful relationships. We also find a lot of our identity in being loved by others. So there's a desire to be accepted and loved by everyone. And it's kind of hard for us to not accept that, even though, and that's everyone, that's universal. Like it's hard for us to accept that so much of life is like our need for deep, meaningful connection and like to be loved by everyone. That's no, that's that's normal that we see. But what's hard for us to deal with is if someone is negative. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So because yes. our normal is, you see, we basically have an optimism bias in us, within our brain, within our body. If you look at the neuroscience behind how we function, we wired for all this optimism. We wired to think well, feel well, make good choices, deep, meaningful relationships. That's our norm. So yeah, because I'm always like really like back on the in the day like before like of Gay of Thrones and Queer Eye like when I would yeah. be on like um like dating like like or you know like gay apps yeah. like I would like I was like I don't really need to put like that cute of a picture up because like I'm just so adore like <laughs> I don't need to put that like I'll just slap any old picture up there because like if you're too exactly. stupid to realize that I'm like stunning hilarious gorgeous honey, exactly. just come over and just see her face you're gonna love her I promise exactly but that was problematic you know because I didn't get you know it's not as good if you just like put a gorgeous picture of yourself up but I just yeah. I had kind of like a blind shallow how confidence of and like I'm like how do you what do you mean I'm not your type like I'm a door like what do you mean exactly and so they, so there you were you were operating in your natural identity which is we call it basically your optimism bias or wired for love so we have this every single cell of our brain and our body are literally designed for the positive so that's our expectation we come into life with that expectation so anything that goes against that throws us and everyone's that way everyone is that way. and who said that well, who said that? Everyone, that's science. That's, it's just like, that's just... That's, just, that's just how we are. It's That's just how we function. It's how we are designed. It's how we wired. So therefore, we're looking for that in every relationship, in every situation. So when we don't get that, it's so... It's not that it's um, it's more powerful. It's that it's, wow, this is so abnormal that they don't love me, that they don't think I'm adorable, that they don't think I'm perfect. That So because we actually deep down inside, that's our, our natural default mode, our identity. But we've been so shaped by the world out there and what you're supposed to be that we've had our identity a little bit knocked. So we don't think like we should be thinking always. So we re- overreact to the negative because it's so abnormal. So instead of us seeing the negative as as something that draws us in because it's more powerful, we it's drawing us in because it's abnormal. It's not as powerful. It's like, hey, this is out of the norm. So that's kind of nice to know that the norm is 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 the love stuff and the the toxic is the not love stuff. So how do we deal with that? That's the next question. Well, but what about the people who like, what if you're the opposite of me and it's like, you feel like it's 90% hate and 10% loving. Like what if your norm is like all negativity and like just it's constant like, because like what, you may not even have a choice in like like that. It could be the the geography of what you were born into or the financial circumstances of what you were born into. Like maybe you don't have, like maybe you have not a pot to piss in is like you could, like maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe your life is just like much more full of strife and like sorrow. Like, but then I feel like a lot of times people that you would think would have more strife and sorrow, like find their joy because that like they don't have like the, 
the things that you would think that you would need to like be happy. Exactly. So there's a whole, you've got to always look at the person's story. So yes, the socioeconomic and cultural and all the, the events and circumstances of life. What I always say, Jonathan, is that you cannot control the events and circumstances of your life, but you can control your reactions. And, you know, that's something that we're not taught enough. We're not told how powerful our mind is. We're not shown how we can control our reactions. So we become buffeted by the wind. So we see that negative comment. We have that negative that, that negative statement or someone's comments on those, you see the negative haircut or something, and then we think that that's everything. Now, there's a couple of things happening here. It's out of the norm, as I've said. It's what we're not expecting, but then it draws our attention because it's out of the norm. Then we start paying attention to the wrong thing. So now choice is involved. We can't control the events and circumstances. You can't control what that person is going to say on your Instagram. But you can control your reaction to it. So if we choose to go down the road of how could they do that, we don't know what they're thinking. We don't know their circumstances. So we're seeing it from our angle. And we're trying to validate it from our angle. But they've got, and I'm not justifying what someone, I mean, we have the same thing on our Instagram, also ban, block, and think how can people be so whatever, you know. But it's, they, they've got their story, their angle. So we either can choose to react negatively. If we choose to react negatively, we cause brain damage in our own brain. Mm. We damage the 75 to 100 trillion cells of our brain and our body. We create neurochemical chaos. We can fix it again. No, we can always, as soon as we get our mind right. But as soon as we start going down that negative. Dr. Caroline Leaf, PhD in communication pathology and a BSc in logopedics and audiology. How do you say this L word? This Logopedics, you did it really well. What's logopedics and audiology? Well, basically in communication pathology, they all kind of go together. I look at people's behavior. I'm trained to look at people's behavior and track it back to their thoughts and track it back to the reaction in, in the thought life and what's going on in the brain. So and then try and help people to reconceptualize and relearn and manage if it's either a neurological damage or if it's a trauma or if it's some kind of mind issue, mental health issue. So it's looking at the behavior and helping people to cope within that situation. So. Oh, God, if only I would have met you like four months ago. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so that's really interesting. So one thing that we've learned before in this podcast, or at least I learned from Dr. Stan Tacken, who wrote this book called uh, the, Your Brain on Love, and he invented like pack therapy, which is like the physiobiological approach to couples therapy. Yeah. He kind of introduced me to the idea that like our brain is like a little pharmacy, honey. She's like, she's capable of making like all of these different chemicals. And then like those chemicals that the brain makes is like how we in turn will like feel because your brain can make like endorphin and she can make like the adrenaline and like the epinephrine and the vasopressin and the testosterone, et cetera. So similarly, like when you were making love chemical feelings, when you go into the negative comment space and you decide to react negatively, like you were saying, you can start to create like brain damage. So there's like an opposite where we can like fuck ourselves up. Totally. And this is where we've got to realize you're not your brain, Jonathan, you control your brain. Your brain's a physical structure that is very complex, but it responds to the instructions of your mind. So your mind is something separate from your brain, but it works with the brain and they interact with each other. Okay, so so, th- so it's a big mouthful. Girl, that's like some <laughs> Eckhart Tolle New Earth shit when I was learning about the ego. And I was like, bitch, I do not have an ego, Eckhart. I don't know what you're talking about, but I, don't, I do not have it. I'm from the Midwest, honey. We don't have egos there. All we do is we work hard. We just, and then I was like, oh my God, that's my ego. I was like, oh my God, my ego thinks that I'm like from the Midwest and we are hard workers and we're this and we're that. Like, yeah. so are, so like the, wait, 
Right? Like, what is the ego like a separate thing from the mind, or there's like mind, and then there's ego, and then there's brain? Well, ego is these these are words to describe the dharma, our thinking, diving into kind of when you dive into those deeper things. So that's just a kind of mindset. It's a worldview that you just described. But essentially, you are Jonathan, and you have your mind, and your mind is your your non physical part of you, and it's the ninety nine percent part of you, and it's how you. The simplest way to understand mind is it's how you think, feel, and choose. So those. You always go together. You're always thinking. Feel, choose. And you think, you feel, when you feel, you choose. And as you do that, you are generating this amazing quantum energy, and that moves into your brain, and your brain responds with. Fuck me sideways, lady. Hold on a second. Girl, you came to play. You you came to slay today on this episode of Getting Curious, honey. Oh my god. Curious, I'm telling you. So think when we think we. Feel when we feel we choose. Exactly. When we think we feel when we feel we choose. This is reminding me of like when Elliot, my skating coach, will be like, pick up your inside leg. And I'm like, pick up my my inside leg. Makes no sense. But (laughs) but it makes sense. Yeah, because when I think, will you just walk me through that? But like with a thought process or something like how does some, yeah. When you're on, the, on when you're skating, I've, no, I've, no, there's anything I've, like anything. in. The, like, okay. I think I feel I choose. Okay, so you're doing it right now. So you're doing it at 400 billion actions per second on the non-conscious level, which is awake 24/7, which is the 99% part of you. The conscious level is when you're awake. So right now you've got your non-conscious level working and your conscious level working, which means that you, as you think, feel, and choose, you're pulling on all your experience, your memories, your worldviews, all the stuff that you've gone through, etc. That's moving up into your conscious mind. So I'm saying things, and that's a signal. You're hearing, you're hearing my words. You're looking at my face. You're seeing the body language. So that's all coming into you. You're taking that into your, into your brain. It's activating your mind. So your mind's thinking. You're thinking about what I'm saying. As I'm thinking right now, I can see right now, I can't see in your head, but I know what you're doing. You've got a whole bunch of thoughts that are moving from your non-conscious to your conscious mind. They move up like kind of the speed of just my fingers are moving. They move up and then they move down and then they move up and they move down. And certain ones you're grabbing in your mind, which is formulating your next question. So you're thinking and you're feeling, you're getting an experience. You, you, there's a sensation going through your whole body and you're making some choices. And in this moment, your specific choices are going to be related to picking up on what I'm saying and taking it to the next question or the next example. So you, we do this 24-7. I'm feeling really bad for your husband and your kids right now a little bit <laughs> because they're sitting in this in this um, thing watching us right now. Like if we're in this little like picture. We're in like a little like box recording studio yeah. and your your two kid your two daughters yeah two of my four kids yeah two of your four kids are here and then your your hussy is here yes, okay yes. they work in the business with me so honey you're like so it's like oh mom i was gonna go to my friends to get uh um i was gonna go to my mom's house to get or i was gonna go to my friend's house to uh how come you just look to the right and scratch your hair twice you're lying i can tell your i can tell <laughs> from your body language right you're like, i can tell your body language <laughs> right you can you can read a lot of you can you can sense from each other so like there's right now we all generate energy so like that's what einstein that's not anything weird i mean we're generating energy and there's a positive relationship here positive relationship with my kids whatever so you're feeling positive energy literally the little packets of energy are love energy are hitting okay so now you go into a negative environment and you just know that person doesn't like you or you know they've been gossiping about you or they're just horrible 
and you walk in and they'll smile sweetly, but you know that it's not genuine. So you don't know what they're exactly thinking, but you pick up on their attitude because they have a toxic thought that they've built into their brain, which is I'm jealous and of jealous of Jonathan because he's so cute and he's this and he's that and whatever and I want what he's got. You know, the typical kind of envy, jealousy kind of thing and there's a toxic thought there. So as they, as you walk into the room, they maybe look at you and, and you feel that toxic energy and that's true because whatever you're thinking about and you're feeling and choosing, you built into a physical structure in your brain, into a non-physical structure in your mind. When you connect with other humans, that is the energy that you're generating. So we feel the toxic energy. I'm sorry to toxic. do it again, but you used to go a little go bit slower, just a little slower. So when Absolutely. you take the things that you're, so you come into the negative room or whatever. Okay. And so you take like the, 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 the toxic vibes that you're feeling in the room yeah. mixed with your life experiences. Yes, exactly. And then you take those things on and then like your life experiences and then that comes out into like how you're going to deal with that situation. It pretty much does. So your life experiences are moving up and you put them on like sunglasses. And so you view, you perceive the current situation through your experience and that person is viewing your the, the interaction in the same way through their experience. So they're coming up with whatever, if it's a jealousy thing or something, then they will then maybe speak, hello, how are you? But what's coming through is this paradox, this, this conflict, because even though they're smiling, you can see their eyes aren't smiling. The body language, which is 50% of communication is not working properly. And the energy that they're generating, and this is where quantum physics actually shows us this, that the energy wave that's coming out is this jaggedy, ugly thing and you feel like things hitting you. It almost feels like someone's shooting little pellets at you or something, mm. which is literally what is happening in the quantum world. So you feel it. So thoughts are real. They're generating toxic energy. Now that person who's toxic is damaging their own brain as well as hurting you. So we have to learn how to protect ourselves. So we have to kind of put up this shield and in our mind we need a block so that instagram coming right back full circle to wait the instagram. <laughs> welcome back or just welcome fuck back. oh my god you guys <laughs> this is like major life affirming things but colin keeps like waving at me because i know that she's time for a break honey but i can feel that i'm going over but i don't even care because it's so major but just listen to this break two seconds i'm so sorry like advertisements money makes the world go around i know it's awful Ugh. Honey, take a moment and just think to yourself, describe yourself in one word. Are you simple, sophisticated, or adventurous? However you dress, the stylist at Stitch Fix can help you find your favorite piece. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. First, you complete a style profile, then an expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked box of items based on your preferences. They even have men's and kids' boxes, too, which we love, honey. Let's get everyone, uh, you know, taken care of. Plus, I'm sure you can mix and match if they aren't, you know, in the dark ages. What if you want something from both? With no subscription required, you can pick between automatic shipments or only getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. We love our Stitch Fix personal stylists. I can customize my own gorgeous preferences, whether it's sizing, brand, or budget. Once you finish the style quiz and set up your ideal number of deliveries, honey, you'll receive everything from jewelry to shoes to bags, all to go with your hand-picked outfits. I love that. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JVN and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's S-T-I-T-C-H fix.com slash JVN for an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. Support for today's show comes from Rakuten. Rakuten is a free member-based loyalty program that lets you earn up to 40% cash back at over 2,500 stores. 
It's perfect for all your back-to-school shopping needs. Get cash back on everything from school supplies to new clothes at some of your favorite retailers like Macy's, Forever 21, Walmart, and more. And don't worry, it's always free. No gimmicks, no points to redeem. Better yet, Rakuten is so simple and easy to use. Simply go to Rakuten.com, click on the retailer you're looking for to activate the cash back, and then shop as normal. You'll earn a percentage of every purchase you make up to 40% cash back. Then, every three months, members will be paid in the form of a check or via PayPal. Sign up today at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Venice. So basically, what you were just saying was, is yeah. so what our job is to do is kind of be aware of that's what's going on in negative situations. And then coming yes. back to the situation, the Instagram negative caption is, is realize that when we go and we engage with, because like they leave the caption of like, ew, Jonathan, how could you possibly promote like, and then I'm like, ew, like, how could you think that I feel like that? And then I'm like, cause you're irresponsible and you don't even know all the things that I don't promote. And I could have, and all the money that I could have made that I don't, because I don't want to promote stuff that I don't and like, how could you think like, so yeah, so, but then like, I'm, I'm fucking up my own brain. You are. And they are also, so there's a negative relationship because they, even though you don't know where they are, they some way. They, it's as though they're right, like you and I are sitting very close to each other. It's as though they're that close. So therefore, even though it's coming through print, because there's no real space-time dimension in this energy mind thing, it's hitting you from the page. So you have to literally make a decision. You have to think, okay, this is, they don't know me, these people. You have to kind of stand back and observe your own thinking. This is a very, very powerful skill, a very powerful technique. And it's like step one of five steps that we need to use to manage our mind. Otherwise, we're going to mess up our brain. So we need to stand back and say, okay, well, this is a stupid comment. I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm not going to let that affect me. Stand back, observe your own body feelings because your your body will go into toxic stress. Now, that is bad for your brain and your body. So you don't want someone that you don't even know to mess up your brain and body. So by focusing on that, you're absorbing that negative energy into your brain and your body and you're actually damaging yourself. And I feel that toxic stress when I do yeah. that. Like I feel my shoulders clam yeah. up. I feel also like my brain wants to go back and look at the comment thread. Like it wants to go see like what, I, what someone else said. And like, I feel like my body changes, my face changes. It does. I lose, like, I, I bet you if you put in like a, I bet I've lost hours to doing this because like prior to becoming you know successful like in this way like I would have used to have used those like lost those hours either on like either internet dating or like things that I can't really do now and like don't do because of like my current situation but um, I I just in in that negativity or feeling in that case if it's like dating it can be more like um, ruminating on like feelings of like rejection or feelings of loneliness or whatever so it doesn't matter like what the thing that you're ruminating on is you know or the thing that you're going back to beat yourself over over the head with of like comparing yourself or measuring yourself up to whatever. Okay. So, all right. Noted. What about if in terms of grief, like, you know, we're grieving things. This is very much a season of people grieve things all the time. Like people are going through loss. People go through. So what have you find yourself like ruminating in feelings of like grief of all sorts of different types like, how do we, how do you nurture that and like, let that go? Like, you know, like an eat, pray, love, like Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks yes. about like sending him love and light and letting it go. Well, bitch, I wish, you know, it sounds, sure. It sounds nice. Okay. Would love it. 
So how do we do it? We do that. Okay. So what we do, we in an era currently where we told that we must express our feelings, but we mustn't express our feelings. So we're getting this 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 conflicting message of, you know, you must suppress it because it's any anxiety and depression. Now suddenly you've got a mental health disorder. If you're over grieving for longer than you lose a loved one, if you if you like, grieving for longer than maybe two, I think I think it's two months or two weeks down to two weeks. Suddenly you've got clinical depression. There's a complete distortion of the mind management of life. So the human condition is filled with grief, sorrow, trauma, excitement, etc. We know that, and it's very normal that since the beginning of time we've all battled with dealing with the sufferings of life, and the sufferings of life are part of our story. So we can't suppress it because as you're experiencing something, whatever that grief, the cause of that grief is, you think, you feel, you choose. When you think, feel, and choose, you build something in your brain. You actually build little structures made of proteins with chemicals. You mentioned some chemicals earlier on, endorphins and serotonin, etc., etc. That you build these, these thought trees that have the information of the situation and the emotions. So you've got this little physical thing in your brain, and if it's toxic, the proteins are all like weird and bent like a thorn tree. They're very much alive and living and filled with energy, but toxic energy. Your brain can't handle that. When it's on the other side, if it's the healthy, if it's just a healthy, happy thing, then it's good. Okay, so the toxic thing, if we don't deal with that, if we don't, what I, I honestly, it's a silly term, but I call it freaking out in the love zone. You need to acknowledge, you need to gather awareness, you need to express the emotion, go through this process and, and, and deal with it. Because otherwise, if you suppress it, you don't, it doesn't go away. It's still there. So then it leads to the nagging anxiety, the nagging depression. Then we told that anxiety and depression is bad. I'm going to tell you anxiety and depression are not bad. They are signals that your body is is telling you, their discomfort zones telling you, hey, there's something going on in your life that you need to address, a past trauma, some kind of toxic habit, something that you just haven't dealt with. So it's actually cool. It's a, it's a, it's a reminder. So we need to embrace that but not get stuck there. I'm feeling it coming on right now. Um, yeah, well, it's like, uh, I really am. It's like, she's been going through it, honey. She's been going through it. So, um, I'm sorry. No, don't say sorry. <laughs> um, so, you said that before, like, the first step of, like, really managing your mind is being able to, like, kind of acknowledge what's going on. Yeah. I definitely... I think sometimes when you experience a certain amount of or a certain loss, it can kind of make you realize like all of the other things that you were like, maybe like putting that thing on over like to compensate for like whatever. So and like the last two weeks, I'm like, oh, my God, I miss my cat. Oh, my God, I miss my stepdad. Oh, my God. I like I've just yeah. like just been processing lots. It's like all right there. So once you step off, and you're like, okay, she's a bloody scab wound. Like I'm feeling like a yeah. bloody scab yeah. wound. Like yeah. the holidays are were a lot. It was just lots of tench. Yeah. Um, what's okay. So she stepped off the mountain. Now what? Like I got an issue. I'm a bloody scab wound. I'm feeling the negative chemical brain trees. How do we make them positive? Like how do I make, I want to make my negative brain structure trees that pretty are looking. Pretty green trees. Yes, want I want. Little a black very, ones into pretty mm-hmm, green trees. Symmetrical. Okay. Much symmetrical. Exactly. So what we do is we gather them. We grab them. We literally grab them. So in your mind mentally, your mind is so powerful. Your mind is 99% of who you are. Your physical is only the 1%. So that's happened. It's part of your story. But it's that toxic tree that is causing all those physical reactions in your body. So what you want to do is grab that and shift your perception. So like when I say grab it, literally say, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Name it, describe it, write it down, 
define it, kind of put it in a box, a little lock box, whatever visual you want. Then you're going to stand back and you're going to observe that. That is not who you are. It's an experience you've had. It's part of your story. So you step back into the power of your of your mind, of this power that we have to reconceptualize. So reconceptualize is one of the most phenomenal concepts. Once you've grabbed it, put it in the box, you stand back and observe your own thinking. You start then analyzing what is this? Where does this come from? What is that pain? And it's, I mean, there's sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes it's not so obvious. But by being so almost objective about the situation, you're not denying it, you're acknowledging it. So now you say, okay, so that's toxic. It makes me feel like this. So now I'm going to make stress work for me. I'm going to make this pain work for me. So I shift my perception, put on these other glasses and say, okay, so let's look at how we can redesign, reformulate. What can I, how can I manage that? I don't deny that. You never deny what you've gone through. It's part of you. It's part of your story. It's so important that you take it from that side to this side. And we start rebuilding a healthy new thought pattern. This actually happens. You start building all these. You've got billions of little quantum neurobiological computers in your brain. And as you shift to your perceptions, okay, I'm going to make this work for me. Stay in the box, the toxic thing. I'm going to redesign you how I want you. It's not going to happen overnight. But as you do that, your mind energy changes. Literally the quantum energy, chemical, electromagnetic, chemical flow, everything starts to shift. You design this. You control this. Your genetic expression changes and you start building beautiful, little, healthy, even though you may have tears and sadness and you're missing whatever you said, your cat, whatever, there's, there's a sadness, but you're now going to start focusing on what are the joyful times maybe you had with that person or one of your pets that you maybe lost? Whatever you start redesigning, it doesn't mean you stop crying. It doesn't mean you forget and suppress. It means you take that so that when you think eventually all of this melts away, you literally, Jonathan, this is the most amazing thing. As you do what I'm doing, as, as you do what I'm saying, where you start reconceptualizing, redesigning, reformulating through thinking, asking, answering, discussing, working this out, you create an energy flow that causes the toxic branches to literally melt. The branches literally melt off. So that toxic thought goes away, which is causing damage. And now we have this beautiful new healthy tree, which remembers the pain. You are going to cry, but the, it becomes manageable grief. It becomes part of your story. It becomes something to celebrate. It is a choice. It is a decision. Whatever you pay attention to will grow. So if you keep growing that, that creates a negative toxic hole and it just goes constantly downwards. Whereas if I redesign, I can then control how I'm going to react to that situation and rebuild. Okay. Yes, 100%. I'm right there with you. So you guys are just going to take a really quick break. I'm just going to, you know, get a little cup of water. We'll be right back with uh, Morgan and Curious right after this. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. And get help at your own time and at your own pace. Anything you share is confidential. And it's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist. If for some reason you are not happy with your counselor, though, you can request a new one at any time and for no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Getting curious with Jonathan Van Ness listeners can get 10% off your first month with the discount code JVN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash JVN. Then simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash JVN. 
Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. We are here with Dr. Caroline Leaf, who we love so much. So, okay, let's say that you've got a negative thought pattern, right? Let's say there's that person in your life who you've blocked and you um, are, but you still want to just, you can't help but look, go back and you look at that Instagram, honey. You block them, but you're like, I just, I can't help it. I'm going to unblock it. I'm just going to look at it really quick. But then you're all nasty feeling like you were, you reminded yourself of the, that clique of friends that you used to be friends with that you were always feeling left out of. So you kind of, whatever your thing is, you know, cause we all yeah. have like that, that person, that relationship, that toxic thing in your life that you like had to let go and, but you still want to poke the bear a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. So how do we, what, what if you're doing that? Yeah. Cause like, and I, I'm, I'm totes down with like the transformation. So we put it in a box. Like yeah. we, so I just kind of said it. It's like, you felt like you were left out of a group of people. You felt like, like you have this narrative yeah, in your yeah, head that you yeah. were, that, you know, you're feeling rejected. You were feeling mm-hmm. you weren't a part of this group. So you kind of were like, you know what? I'm going to unfollow them. I'm going to, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't need, I don't like the branch. I don't like the, what, and- yeah. And that just doesn't serve me anymore. But then you still find yourself going back to kick the tires. You still find yourself going back to, and you're like, oh, yep, still feels like shit, but I still do doing it like on a weekly exactly. basis what happens then what happens then okay so there is a choice involved in that process and so when you are every think, time you, choose you think feel choose think feel choose and every time you think feel and choose you cause genetic expression and that means that you're building something in your brain so if i go back and relook at it i have instead of i've just been killing it now i go back and relook at it so now i kind of grow it again and so what we're doing is we are giving it energy. So we want to remove the energy from it. And that's why you have to reconceptualize it to the point where it doesn't grab your emotions in that toxic way. So you can still get maybe irritated, but the day will come and you can look at that, maybe go back in a few months or whatever, and you look at what those people are doing that rejected you and ghosted you and did whatever, but they don't affect you anymore. Now, that doesn't happen Overnight, and that's the whole thing of that's like the key. And yes, we're going to stick with that. But also, it's like the opposite of love is in hate; it's indifference. Yeah, definitely, it falls under that whole like completely separate. Yeah. So, what is it like? I just can't be on someone else's timeline for like what that process looks like. Like I like I want it because mommy, I'm ready. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to feel those feelings. I want to. I want to be indifferent. And that's also not good because part of being human is experiencing depression. You have to go through it. You have to go through it because if you don't go through it, it's still there. So then then we're in a day and an age where we get medicated and that's not going to help because the medication is brain disabling and damages your brain and does a whole bunch of stuff you don't want. What we have to do is take the responsibility for choice and choose to change and, and think of it like energy. If you don't feed... If you don't feed that plant that you're growing, it's not going to grow. It's that simple. So just think of these thoughts as trees. And if you don't feed them, they don't grow. So by not looking at it, you're not growing it. So tonight, I'm in bed. I'm I'm the the prong. Look at it. 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 You'll feel so much better if you look at it. You might feel better. You might feel worse. Oh, no. Just take a look. Look at it, girl. (laughs) So So is it like an opposite action? I just am like... I'm going to look up. You need to realize the power of your mind. You need to realize that that that, that like little voice in your head is this conflicting mind signal, this powerful mind of yours. But you can override that signal. So you've got this veto. It's called a veto power. You have veto power. You can decide. I have a super majority, both houses. Exactly. I got a veto power. You have. You have. Exactly. That's perfect. Perfect description. So you use your veto power to say, well, I know that's not going to make me feel good. I may have an instant rush, but the rush will drop. And that's what, you know, like what toxic addictions and things do. So you, you created a toxic addiction. What happens is that these things, habits, toxic addictions, etc., happen over time. 
So it takes 21 days to build a memory, a long-term memory. It takes 63 days minimum to form a habit. So if you've constantly allowed yourself to look at it every day over like 63 days, which is like three months, mm -hmm. three, six, nine mm -hmm. weeks, you have created a very strong toxic Oop, tree. No, 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 can't do that. No. Not me, not now. No, no, no. Yep. So we can, but you can, even if you have, you can, you can unwire it. So if you've wired it in, you can wire it out because your mind is still the Because positive... you got there in the first place. Exactly. So you can get that out. So it's a choice. It comes down to the power of choice, the power of the mind. In this day and age, in just the way that science has kind of manipulated our worldviews in terms of human behavior, we feel we've been made to feel helpless, helpless, hopeless, victims of our biology, victims of our genes. You're a weak person. You can't get over it. Meanwhile, that's an absolute lie. It's not science, number one. It's not accurate, number two. You have an incredible power to override toxicity. And the reason it gets attention is because it's so abnormal. So what on earth? You know, so that's what I said in the beginning. So we have this veto power to be able to say, I don't want to do that. And it's hard. Maybe tonight you might look at it three times, but you would have looked at it 30 times. You've already achieved a, a major goal. A harm reduction moment. Exactly. Yeah. You start controlling that. And just by knowing that, okay, I can do this. I can put this in the box. You are shifting the energy in your brain. You're breaking down toxic trees. Visuals are very good in your mind. I too. love visuals. Yes. It's helps makes it more, more accessible. Well, one thing I like about the, what you're saying in general is that it's like, I know from, in my experience in life, everything has been very much like three steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward. Like I'm always getting better. I'm always learning more. I'm always doing better, but that's not without setbacks. But when I step back and look at it, like I'm always getting better, you yes, know? Yes, um, exactly. There have been a few nose dives, but I've usually been like out of it and just exactly. can't pull out of it. And then I keep on my gorgeous little course. Um, but how do you, I think when I've done that, and especially like when I've been on little missions of like, um, how am I going to get better? You know, like, have you ever heard of the book, uh, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay? I have heard of it. I haven't read it. Okay. Well, it was, I didn't read all of it, but it was kind of like, you know, anytime anyone is too preachy, you know, and it can kind yeah. of make you a bit like, like, cause it's too black or white, you know? Cause like there is so many gray areas and we had one, one of my favorite podcasts that we had here was, um, Dr. Adi Jaffe. He is someone who really believes in, like, harm reduction and doesn't really see so much wisdom in, like, you know, in some abstinence ways because, like, we can use this abstinence as an idea of, like, a cudgel or a cudgel to, like, beat ourselves up over yeah. it. And then, like, you don't really get to the healing, you know? Like, yeah, that's you it. You get so stuck in the pain and the guilt and the shame that you can't get beyond that. And that's kind of what you're saying there. And we need to realize it's actually something you – know, this sounds – this is going to really sound weird, but I think you'll you'll – get the concept when you see that there's something going on in your life that you know is hurting you you actually can celebrate that why because you've got awareness if you mm. if you're not aware you can't change Woo! girl <laughs> stop the presses girl yeah yeah, yeah. so you, it actually instead of feeling all like traumatized and like oh i can't believe and i was so silly because like i was so i'm gonna do it again and again and the shame and the guilt and the condemnation and the as you said the cudgeling and the whole whatever you just say hey this is cool i celebrate this not the whatever you whatever it is celebrate not your lying ass no exactly yeah but the awareness that you're doing it because we design neuroscience shows us that and that's part of I'm a cognitive neuroscientist as well with the research on the mind-brain stuff, shows us that we are able, and this is so cool, we are able to control our thinking, feeling, and choosing 
every 10 seconds. Mm. So we designed to live very self-regulated lives. That doesn't make us in selfish. It makes us selfless. It makes us very humble. Because when you recognize, um, train yourself to be like that, you're so aware of what you're saying and how you're saying it in terms of its impact on others. Because it's not about me, myself, and I. It's about me in this world. And there's something you can do that no one else can do. So by learning to, to live a self-regulated life, you learn to control your reactions in terms of recognizing this is breaking my body down. This is breaking someone else's body down. This is actually upsetting someone else. So you change your perspective. Does that make sense? Yes. You change your perspective. So awareness is very, very key. Now, meditation, we all know, is like a big deal. And it's really great. It's cool. It helps you to become very aware in the now moment. But it's not enough. You have to go beyond mindfulness. Beyond, So it starts with awareness. It starts with mindfulness. And meditation is very good at training us to become aware of how we are in the moment. But to create sustainable long-term changes in our lives, we can take that toxic stuff and reconceptualize it that we can remember that's how we were, but it doesn't, you know, it's like sometimes a little, you know, leaning towards that, but we've got it under control. We are controlling it. It's not controlling us. So we've reconceptualized it. So to get to that point of building that kind of level of sustainability in our life, and it's an ongoing process, like you said, you keep changing, we're all changing. To do that, we need to go beyond just being aware. We need to then go to that next, and it's like five steps. Yeah, we, I think we got to two. We got so to two, exactly. Let's keep going. Okay, so this is what I developed. So one life. was what again? So one was this awareness, this Aware. mindfulness, this mm-hmm. developing, gather, capturing the thought, mm. capturing what you're mm-hmm. doing, standing back and observing your own thinking, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So just to give you a very quick background before we go and dive into the other steps is, I spent 25 years in clinical practice working with people with different traumatic brain injuries and traumas. I also spent a lot of time in, and I say this to say that I have worked in the most shocking environments, people in South Africa in the apartheid era and the post-apartheid era, people that were starving, raped, abused, AIDS victims, traumatized victims. I would spend a large majority of my week working with people that had nothing, the worst socioeconomic, the worst everything. And I would teach them these principles about your mind, about how to control your reactions about how to learn how to build your brain how to use your mind etc and the trance i learned so much it turned me into a better human because it i saw the love and the connection and the meaningful deep the importance of deep meaningful relationships i saw that in the worst circumstances when we connect together when we operate in love and we support each other we don't try and fix each other you're not a puzzle that i can fix your pieces you are your own puzzle You've got to fix, but I can walk alongside you and I can encourage you and show you the power of your mind. It transforms communities. And this is what what I saw happening. And this is what I saw happening with my patients with brain damage. And when you become very direct and intentional about your mind, you can change the circumstances of your life because that is basic mental self-care. And we're so totally into self-care. You know, let's use the face mask. Let's do the bubble bath. We need to do all those things. We need to be mindful. We need to do our mindfulness. But what next? And that's where steps two, three, four, and five came in from my clinical research and whatever. And I'm actually doing clinical trials at the moment where we're looking, taking groups of people in different circumstances, extreme and different environments, and helping them to a non-pharmacological intervention for anxiety and depression. So no drugs, but teaching people about the power of the mind. And all I'm doing is teaching them these basic five steps. Can I tell you that, like, I mean, I'm really excited for steps two, or two, two, three, four, five. But I feel like not knowing them so far. But I've, I mean, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, I've read the Upanishads, I've read the Power of Now, I've read A New Earth, I've read the Four Agreements, I've read like 
I've, I've read a lot. I mean, I was I was in a considerable amount of pain for a really long time. So I was really like trying to figure out like how to not live in such pain. So I'm here for that. But I've also noticed that like in my later 20s into now, like I've had an ability to kind of like manifest healing and like manifest good things. So I think I must be able to kind of, I think I'm like you accidentally did. controlling my mind or something you sometimes. so well. But then other times I fuck up. I, I fall a little, I fall into the hole a little bit. She falls into the Instagram hole. Or, you know, because in Buddhism, they talk about it's like Mara. Like, it's like this like, hooded mm-hmm. figure. And like in, in Christianity, it's like Satan, you know? Yeah. But I do, I imagine it's like, like, that's like this kind of, I feel like that's what they were talking about. It's like this like, kind of spinning, malevolent, darker energy that we all can be susceptible to. And it's a part of all of us because we all have like a yin, but we all have a yang. Like, there's both. Like, there's good in all of us, but there's also like a little bit of like Mara that we got to deal with. So anyway, one is awareness. Two is was that the reconceptualize Two no the reconceptualize covers the rest of the four steps it's the big word that covers the basically covers all five steps because you're reconceptualizing you're redesigning your mind literally so the second step is deep analytical thinking so it's getting into deep. and by the way i've got this in depth in this book jonathan love you just still writing because i'm such a writer i can't help it but we're going to be talking about this book when we do keep laying it on me so then deep thinking where you ask answer and discuss with yourself a very 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 powerful analytical tool so the second step is so the awareness the first step and you've got it in the box and mindful and keep yourself calm and all there's a whole bunch of stuff that you do with that the second step is okay now what are we going to do about this which you just kind of made that seem easy but it's difficult you got to read that book to get even to step one and be able to do that well and calmly and because you know Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about how like your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and like you just saying a story right brain is doing what you tell it to do your brain can't do anything except what you tell it to do. But just that he's, yes, but he talks about it in the story. So it's like, if I'm telling you, like if I went through a traumatic thing, but then I tell you the story of what I went through that was traumatizing, I'm re-traumatizing my brain by re-saying it. Because according to Eckhart Tolle, like your brain doesn't really tell the difference between you reciting a story and actually reliving the event. That's why you have to redesign it. So you have to take, if you just keep talking about this toxic tree, you're giving it more and more energy. And that's why you're more experiencing trauma. Because remember those thought trees have got emotions and information. And also at the time of trauma, whatever your state of your body was in at that moment, let's say you had flu and you enter a trauma and you're over the flu and it's six months later or six years later and you recall that incident because it's undealt with, so it's still there and it's something triggers it, which is a typical situation that can happen. So not only does the information come back, the emotions come back and the physical feeling of how your body felt also because every cell of your body will basically absorb that. So that's why we have to not indulge that, um, we, no, stay in that zone. We have to take that, capture it, be aware of it, be aware of all of our body sensations, celebrate that you've been aware of it. So it's a perception shift. It's a stand back and observe your own thinking. When we do that, the front part of our brain fires up. The that whole, frontal cortex, honey. Yes, absolutely. The, the frontal cortex and that's always, the whole brain's always working. But your brain, always remember your brain is responding to your mind. Okay, I think someone else has to record in here in two seconds. So tell me what three is. Okay, so three is now writing it down. Right. But basically, but two really quickly. So like once you got one done, two thinking. is like deep thinking, quiet. TV's not on. People are not at your house. You're having some like deep Take contemplative, time, yeah. like writing or journaling like with yourself. Exactly. You're kind exactly. of like autopsying exactly. the situation. Exactly. Then three is four. Four. The three is the writing. Down. Oh yeah, yeah. And four is like an edit process where you go and look at what you've written. Mm. And five is an action. Now. All five of those steps you do in around seven and a half to 10 minutes, maximum 15. You do it once a day. And what I've done now is I've actually got an, audio, an app, an audio app that walks you through that process too, which is, which is in its final stages of development called the switch. Yes. The switch. 
And that that process, I'm telling you, it's a skill that I'll use in an in those five steps I use all the time, every day in my life. Not only just detoxing every morning when I'm getting ready, that's when I sort out like a, I work on one issue and you work on one issue for 63 days. And I'll show you exactly how to do that in the ah. one issue, not jumping all over because you never really move forward. But when you work on one issue like that, like the benefits from that issue will seep into the other issues that you've had with. Exactly. So it's still going to be like collective and assimilative or it's like going to assimilate into the rest of your life. You, you start seeing, oh, absolutely. The uh, carryover impact is unreal because you start unpacking and realizing, oh, I thought it was that, but actually it's that. So three, okay, well, where's the iceberg? Like <laughs> you're some straight ahead captain. Like we're coming right exactly. for her, honey. We got to swerve. Tell me what the iceberg is. Actually, you know what? This is not as difficult as it sounds. It's really. Oh, we are so powerful. It's so. It's so. It's based on. Such we know, but this is the iceberg then, because got th- these five steps are the iceberg. These. These. Are I'm the, like, you're not hiding another one, are yes, you? No, no. These are. Like, the, holy these shit, are the, lady. <laughs> You're fucking genius, honey. She's been so busy. Like, how did you even have time to have kids? You, you're you're fixing the whole entire world. Uh, well, well, that's what we're all supposed to be doing, isn't it? I, I, I guess that is kind of the... Per- yeah, we're all playing our role. We're all playing. There's something you can do to fix the world that I can't, and I'm doing what I can do, so... I feel that I've noticed in my 30s that all of my 20s was me processing, like, the trauma of, like, zero yeah. through 20, so this is kind of feels like that, but like more concise and makes sense and gorgeous. It is. It's simple. It's practical. And that's why I love science, because science shows you how to do stuff. And that's really what I've, what, what these five steps are. It's taken the most complex thing and it makes it into something. You know, my patients were in such states of trauma. I couldn't give them a bunch of science and a bunch of techniques. They wouldn't remember them. So it's okay. Do this, do this, do this. Five steps. Train them in the five steps. And then show them that over time, because we do have a quick fix mentality in this day and age. With yeah, love a quick fix. Yeah, give me a pull, give me a quick answer, give me a quick this. People don't persevere. Most people, Jonathan, give up after day four. Whereas we've got to push through for 21 days to break the toxic thought and build a healthy new thought. And then we still got to stabilize or automatize or turn it into a habit. And that's not for difficult. 63 days, another 42 days. I think that, and it's very simple that it's on, it takes seven seconds a day to do it. I'm on like, literally, I think I'm on day 62 of figure skating. There you go. 60, you'll be a 63. You'll be like, you've created some experts, like seriously experts. Brain waves with the eyes. You built some beautiful green trees with all your skills and you'll keep adding to them. Oh my God. I really do love those trees. Okay. So what for the, if you are going through it, if you are on the struggle bus of life, if yeah. Christmas was hard for you, it would, but if you're really feeling it right now really bad. Um, and you need a little like, oh, like other people have beat this before. Dr. Leaf, what are some things that you have seen people recover from, heal from and go on to just like thrive? Okay. So I deal a lot with mental health and we all told mental health is on the rise and it's all ill health and it's all scary and whatever. And, but it's not on the rise. It's actually, let me, de- first of all, take away the fear of what mental health is, scary, schizophrenia, bipolar, those scary words. They're not diseases. They're not, they are basically reactions. They're descriptions. They're adjectives of something that's going on in your life. So that's the first thing to know is that you're quite normal and embrace that, embrace that emotion. You Thank God you feel the emotion because you're actually human. Then the next step is to get through the whole, once you embrace that emotion, is to get through that awareness stage the thinking stage, those five steps in order to be able to process that information. But coming right back to where you where you asked me, what could you do right now at this moment? Right now at this moment, I need, uh, uh, here's a real, a real simple, like, how do I start this whole thing going? First of all, you can control your reactions. 
Your mind is so phenomenally powerful that every moment of every day you are creating thoughts that live for eternity. And even when you redesign them, they still live for eternity. So you may as well make them worth something. Secondly, that when you are at the point where you can't even get out of bed in the morning, where the anxiety and the depression or the psychotic breaks or the grief or whatever it is has just got you, like you are feel like you can't. I want to tell you that your power of your mind can actually override that. That that is a sensation physically in your body, but your your the ninety nine percent of you is more powerful. So that knowledge is a little key. Another little key is to imagine that there's a huge building in front of you, and in that building there's all these windows, and in those windows they sealed. You can't get in. You're on the outside. You're immersed in love because scientifically we actually are made of love, and we're immersed in love. And maybe that's something I talk a little bit about that in the book too. But we literally are waves of love. Imagine yourself in a safe place validated in a safe place and you are not in the windows and in the windows are these issues and put them in there capture them keep them in the window and initially you can't even look at the window but there will come a time over over days over where those windows will start clearing up and eventually they've been transformed that the situations there your stories there all those windows are the windows and stories of your life but don't allow yourself to jump into the window stay out of the window stay on the outside that is something that when my patients were so bad I would start with that. I'd say, you've got the power. Let's practice it. And you can do that right now. If you're sitting here listening to me right now, you can actually do that. Put that in the window. Stand outside the window objectively. Stand back and observe how you're thinking, how you're feeling, how you're choosing. Start celebrating that it's captured and that you can actually have the, you have the power to break that toxic thought down in your brain and get rid of that toxic tree. There is no better way to end that podcast. There just is not. That is the best advice that you could have ever given. And I thank you so much for your work and your time. Pleasure. Thank you. I want to make a gorgeous little Instagram content for the children for this. And uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, I'm just so grateful for your time. Thank you. Well, I'm so grateful for what you do. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been so amazing. Thank you so much, Queens. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Benes. My guest this week was Dr. Caroline Leaf. You'll find links to Dr. Leaf's socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at boop. You are not even going to get me to say it at this point because if you don't know by now, honey, I cannot even believe that we are still best friends. Just kidding. Namaste. Please don't stop listening because I said that. I was not even being serious. I love you so much. Our theme music is Free by Quinn. Thank you, her, so much for letting us use it. We love it. If you enjoy our show, please introduce a friend. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. And please go on that person's Instagram when they say on the captions on the Instagram post that they don't know how to find the podcast. Take like a screen recording of your phone and then DM it to them. Because I can't explain it to these people anymore. I've been out here explaining how to download a podcast for... I can't even do it anymore. You know what I mean? Um, But I love you. And I'm just going to keep on making podcasts over here. And, uh, you know, we love you. Uh, Getting Curious is produced by Cody Ziegler, Sarah Shammy, Julie Carrillo, Ray Ellis, Mary O'Hara, Colin Anderson, um, and... Really, such a gorgeous little indispensable team. Can't get enough of them. They can't help but they're all just doing the most. Hey, Hey guys. It's Ashir and Nicole from Best Best Friends. Our podcast has been out for a few months. If you haven't listened to it, you should. We've already asked the big questions in life. Imagine if we could lay eggs. Okay, sure. <laughs> I guess we. Wouldn't that be funny if you could eat from yourself? No, because that's like cannibalism. Not when you eat yourself. What? Hmm? Answer listener questions. Hi, Nicole and Sashir. What happens if Sashir dies first? I mean, I've never thought of that. Wow. I would be so sad. <laughs> 
Oh no, Nicole! Nicole! <laughs> I'm not gonna die. Take BuzzFeed quizzes. Let's pick eight foods and we'll give you a sex position to try. Whoa. This is wild. Plus, we bring on other funny best friends to talk about their friendship. I almost want to cry. I feel, I don't know why that really made me feel emotional, but. It's because <laughs> it's pure to talk about it friendship. It's nice. It's so nice. It's like so rare to like articulate it, but she's always there for me. Like, I, I think she's just somebody who. <laughs> Oh, I love this. I love it so much. Oh, my God. It's really sweet. Best Friends with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda is new every Wednesday. On Stitcher. Apple Podcasts. Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen. Oh, my God. To it. (laughs) 